Hey, it's Rob. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is going to be part one of two or maybe even a three-part series on how to build your confidence as a runner and generally in life. I've got heaps of stuff I want to share with you, um, probably too much just for this episode. So this will be a part one. Before we get into it, I've had heaps of people contact me asking about how I'm going with my injury and the postponement of the race across New South Wales, which we had to do last month. So I just want to give you a quick update if you're interested. Um, <laughs> if you're not interested, I guess you, you can fast forward or, uh, or skip this bit. Um, so I haven't run now for six weeks. 25th of August was my last run. We were around a month out from the race across New South Wales, which if you don't know, um, we were going to run from the border of South Australia to Bondi Beach, raising money for the Burns Unit at the Children's Hospital at Westmead. Uh we had a lot of organisation in, thanks to my incredible team. We had all the logistics planned, all the accommodation, the crew vehicles. We had crew who'd taken time off work to come up and help me. Um, you know, we had sponsors on board. We had lots of social media going and we had a whole lot of stuff, uniforms. Everything was all done and basically my injury was worsening and a month out, I um, I thought I you know got to get this sorted. So I went to have an MRI. It showed a bunch of whole stuff that that um was going on, which explaining why my injury was worsening. And we, I had to make the difficult decision to postpone the fundraising run, which was a real downer to be honest. I I was quite down for about a week or so afterwards. Um, lots of chats with the team you know, me apologizing profusely to so many people and asking donors if they wanted their money back. And, um, you know, I, I took it pretty hard and I was supported by a really good team. Um, so where we're at now is it's been, as I said, six weeks since I've actually run. I'm heavily focused on my rehab, building myself back up. And um, unfortunately, we not even in a position to say when or if the event will go ahead, it's just going to depend on how my rehab goes over the next month. So thanks to everyone who's contacted me. As you noticed, I've completely disappeared off social media. I've completely taken a big gap. Um, and that's how I've dealt personally with my injury. I've been focusing all my attention on other things in life, which um, has been a really good break. Uh, but the one thing I just want to share with you is I know I'll be back. And I know that I'll be back as a better athlete for what I'm going through. And that's that's a strong belief that I have and a knowing that I have. And, 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 you know, I'm bolstering that belief by reading stories about athletes who have gone through terrible injuries, far worse than what I'm going through, um, and have come back to be better and more wise as an athlete than ever. So thanks once again. Um, I really hope you enjoy this part one of the Confidence Podcast. Um, there's lots more to come after this episode, so make sure you look out for the following ones. But the number one thing I want you to do is just find one thing in this episode that really resonates with you and apply it. Big shout out to everyone doing Kona, Hawaiian Ironman this weekend. Uh, a few athletes uh, that I know quite well are doing it and I'm absolutely um, in awe of what they're doing over there. Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, 
it's Rob here. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. It's a big topic, one that pretty much everybody on the planet is looking to increase. And what I wanted to do today was really bring a practical session of how you can build confidence in whatever way works for you. That's the whole intention of the podcast today. And I brought together all of my favorite teachers that I've researched uh, from around the world, uh, mindset coaches, sports psychologists, you name it. I've put together um, a select group of research from those people to bring you a well-rounded approach of how to build self-confidence as a runner, as a triathlete, as an athlete, as a mum, as a dad, as a partner, as a friend, as a colleague, or as a team member. So let's get into it. We're going to start with firstly defining what confidence is, right? We've heard, all heard about it. We've all want more of it, but how do we get it and what actually is it? So let's go straight to the Oxford Dictionary. I'm going to focus on their definition of self-confidence because, quite frankly, their definition of confidence was so vague, it was really hard to understand. So Oxford Dictionary, self-confidence is a feeling or trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. Now, as we go on today, you're going to hear how the different teachers that I've kind of brought this information from, their teachings will overlap. So you may hear me say the same thing in different ways, which is really good because we all learn in different ways. And what I really want by the end of this episode is just for one thing to hit home with you that you can say, that's how I'm going to build my confidence. Or now I have a deeper understanding of what it is, which means I'm going to be able to develop it in myself. So moving on, Brené Brown. Right, her definition of self-confidence is a sense of certainty in our own abilities. Let's go to Wikipedia. Self-confidence is trust in oneself, one's personal judgment, ability, power, etc. One's self-confidence often increases as one satisfactorily completes particular activities. Self-confidence involves a positive belief that one can generally accomplish what one wishes to do in the future. All right, it's pretty black, uh, black and white and um, a little bit boring as well. <laughs> Interesting enough, confidence comes from the Latin word fidere, which means to trust. Okay, so there's some opening statements on how we define confidence. Let's do a well-rounded um, kind of uh, definition. Sometimes it's, it helps to get clear on what something is by defining somebody who's not confident or, or what the opposite of confidence is. So if you imagine somebody who's not confident or in, not in a confident state and you, you bring, bring a little you know, image of them to your mind now, just think about what, what they look like, like what's their body language like, you know, how are they standing um, that, that you know, tells you that they're not confident. What are they maybe visualizing about Maybe the thing that they're not confident about. So let's say it's a runner who's not confident. Maybe he or she's standing there and the shoulders are dropped and she's looking at the ground. Or maybe he's thinking about himself failing. He's, you know, he's seeing images of him not going well or he's having self-talk, which is like, I'm not a good runner or I'm no good at this or why am I even trying or I'm not as good as X, Y, Z. Um, and imagine the feelings that they're feeling, right? I'm guessing if I'm going into that person now, I'm feeling you know, like fear, I'm feeling um, like contracted and small and I'm feeling um, I can't do it and, and um, yeah, like I'm not good enough and all these kind of feelings, right? And then think about that, that debilitating self-talk and what, what it's saying 
and just maybe think of a couple of phrases that maybe you've used in the past when you used to be not confident. And, um, but maybe what they're focusing on, and, and I'm going to suggest that a big part of this, they could be focusing on that ever-growing, ever-present thing in our life, which is what other people think of us, right? Which is closely linked to the brain's uh, fear of being rejected, abandoned, and our need for survival. So that's why you care what other people think of you. But a lot of the thing is, will I look stupid if I do this? Who's going to judge me? Who's going to you know, think I'm an idiot or whatever that, that word is? So imagine someone who's not confident. And then we can flip it and say, right, if they're not confident, they're, they're standing with their shoulders slumped, let's improve the way we're standing straight away. Let's, let's you know, get our backbone straight and our shoulders back. One of the things we're going to talk about today is about how to build, build confidence. I'm going to give you a little, little how now. One of Tim Ferriss' Um, author of Four Hour Work Week, Four Hour Body, Four Hour Chef, probably the biggest podcast in the world next to Joe Rogan. One of his biggest tips on how to build confidence is eye contact. Now, I'm guilty of this. I'm good at giving eye contact when I'm listening to someone because I'm a very confident listener and I really, um, I really enjoy listening and I, I really, I think I'm good at it. So you think of all these things, but articulation, I don't. Still, I'm still building my belief that I'm good at it. So when I'm talking, I lose eye contact and I look at the ground because I'm thinking, I'm processing and I look up because I'm seeing pictures and I'm thinking and processing. So one of the things I'm going to be working on after doing this research is maintaining eye contact as I'm talking. And even to just to build on this for you, just for this little how before you actually move into more how, when you're walking down the street, start to make eye contact with people in the street and, and just see... How that, how you feel when you do that, and also maybe other people, people's reactions about how they do it. There are a couple of tips from Tim Ferriss to move on. So back to that person. If they're not feeling confident, let's move, let's shift the way that we stand. Let's put some good self-talk in our mind. Let's see the images of us achieving what we want, and let's build those feelings of feeling good. That's where we're going in the podcast today. I'm going to go on to some more definitions now, just so you can get like I said, you know, like a well-rounded 360-degree view of what it is. Let's go to The Brave Athlete, one of my favorite sports psychology books uh, by Simon and Leslie Patterson. Um, now, they talk about self-confidence in four areas, and they've got a visual which is called the me tree. So if you can follow this visual, it's a really, really good just to get a deeper um, understanding of it. So the roots of the tree are your self-worth. It's like the core of self-confidence. And self-worth is really like... Am I a good person? Right? They're the roots under the ground. The trunk is self-esteem, which is am I competent or am I worthy as a person, right? Stay with me. Going into the branches of the tree, that's actually the self-confidence. As a tree branches out in different directions and different um, different directions and, and different lengths of how big it's going to get, it's the self-confidence is is my ability, Do I, am I confident in my ability? And the leaves are, are a term in sports psychology and psychology called self-efficacy, which is really specific target. So the best way I think of self-confidence versus self-efficacy is if you're, a say, a trail runner and you're running on the trails, um, just imagine that we're all trail runners now, and you might have good confidence that, yeah, I, I'm a runner, I can run a trail, um, that's a general overall self-confidence. <laughs> Interestingly, my tonality didn't exactly show that much confidence. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a good trail runner. So I'm a good trail runner. I can run on trails. But self-efficacy would be, 
I'm great at uphills, you know, I can hold it on the flats. Oh, but downhills, I'm not so good. I, you know, I'm a little bit unstable and I don't look forward to those really sharp downhills because they hurt my knee. And I'm really scared I'm going to fall over. So the self-efficacy is a more specific targeted part. So self-efficacy is I'm good on hills, I'm good on flats, but those downhills, right? But overall, if you go step back a step to the tree branches, I'm confident that I'm a reasonably competent trail runner. Okay, I hope that kind of works for those four areas. You understand how um, Leslie Patterson and Simon Patterson work with their athletes on those four areas. Ben Crow, Australian awesome mindset coach. You've probably heard of him, coached Dylan Alcott, Ash Barty, Steph Gilmore, um, and heaps of the AFL teams in Melbourne. Uh, he, he basically de- develops, develops, divides confidence into two types, self-confidence and performance confidence. Now, Ben Crow's take is most of the athletes that come to him are looking for performance confidence, right? How do I get from rank number 30 in the world to rank number one in the world in tennis? Or how do I take my AFL team from the bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder, right? So that, that's the kind of, that's the field that Ben works in. Um, kind of like Claudine Chuch-Petit, my mindset coach, she's looking at, like, she's looking at teaching people how to be the best in their field, how to win, that real top 1% type type level. That's where Ben is. And by the way, when I said that's where Claudine works, right? That that's that's her that's her jam. That's where she's absolutely brilliant. Um, so the the athletes will come to them and they'll say, you know, we want to get performance confidence. How do I maximize and squeeze every drop out of performance? Um, but what Ben realizes is that actually the, they, what they need first is self-confidence. So before, just, to, just to make this clear with you, performance confidence in Ben Crow's mindset is the two things you can control are your training, so how hard I train, and my mindset, so my attitude and how much I'm training. Right? That's performance mindset. But to go back to his self-confidence, that's really knowing yourself, accepting yourself, and trusting in your ability and your belief that you're worthy of love and belonging. So that's where Ben takes athletes back and Claudine does as well. So that, that, that's a little another uh, definition of, of confidence there. Going to Michael Gervais, if you haven't heard of Michael Gervais, he's one of the best sports psychs um, in America, probably the world as well, mindset coach to Seattle Seahawks NFL team, top UFC fighters, just so many people he's worked with um, and he's proven himself in way different, many different areas. This one might hit you. Michael Gervais says, confidence only comes from one place, credible self-talk. Boom. Now, part of the thing that I work with athletes in is developing effective self-talk because whether or not you realize it, you are talking to yourself all day uh, in many different uh, fields of life, but it might not just be words. It might be in the way you communicate with yourself. You might be seeing pictures or you might be feeling feelings, but ultimately you are communing, communicating with yourself somehow. Now, listen, did you hear the word that Michael Gervais put in front of self-talk was credible self-talk? Let's dive into that because there's what he's saying with, and I'm sure you understand this, there's no point me giving you a whole bunch of self-talk statements that if you just say these statements, then you will be confident. Because there's a part of our brain that we learn about in um, 
in psychology called the critical faculty. Now, this is big in hypnosis, in neurolinguistic programming. But if you've ever heard of the critical faculty, you think of it like a firewall or a BS meter that sits between the, your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. So in, in hypnosis and NLP, we talk about... So the conscious mind, let's, let's break this down into real simple terms. If I give you all of those, if I say to you, here's a bit of self-talk, I'm the most confident person on the planet. There's a part of your brain that filters that statement and goes, no, I'm not. That's rubbish, right? So let me give you this. If a friend of yours come up and said, oh, I've heard the best way now to train for ultra marathons or marathons and even all the way down to top 5K, you have to do heaps of trampoline work just trampolining. Now, all the top runners are doing it. They're not running anymore. All they're doing is getting on the trampolines and really working on their bouncing. And, and, and then that's just immediately transforming into them winning 100-mile races and podium on marathons. And you can even wear your carbon shoes on the trampoline because it's really like making sure you get maximum bounce. And that really um, is, is transforming into results out in the field. There's a part of your brain that goes, that's rubbish. I'm not accepting that because, you know, even though you're a friend of mine and you say you've heard this from a credible source, that just does not sound true to me. But here's the clincher. If you give yourself self-talk that's not credible, your brain will filter it straight out. And that's what Michael Gervais is talking about. So in the exercise we're going to do through Gervais later on, he's going to talk about building credible statements that are real to you before you start using them as self-talk. I uh, hope that hope you understand that and it makes sense at a deeper level. That's why he's he's at another level because um, just merely using somebody else's self talk is not going to get you there. All right, let's move on. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about the Tony Robbins um, like super mindset coach um, and NLP practitioner. Big thing he talks about is the triad of, so think of a triangle, and on one side you've got one one edge, you've got your physiology, so how you're standing. The next edge you've got your focus, so what are you focusing on, where's your actual vision or your uh, what are you imagining, and the third is your language patterns. So to develop confidence, and he says you can change this in a heartbeat, and it's absolutely true, if you're feeling unconfident, is that the word? You can change your physiology. So you stand up and you take a pose that would assume you in confidence. Then you focus on you completing the task or smashing it or whatever it is that you want to do, achieving it. And then the, the, the language is the self-talk that you're using or what you're saying to yourself as you're doing it or when you've done it. Now, this is really, really practical, really, really simple for you to use. You can do this almost straight away. Okay, let's. Um, I hope that kind of gives you more of an overview of of what self confidence is, how it kind of fits in, because we're about to um, move into how you build it. And that's really what I want to spend the time on, just giving you some practical stuff. I'm going to go to Israel Adesanya's mental skills coach. Now, Israel is the middleweight world champion of the UFC, and he's got a mental skills coach. Uh, called David Wood from New Zealand. And I heard an interview with David recently and what struck me was the guy's humility but also how how real he was. Like he, he's the mental skills coach for the world champion in UFC. I don't know if you've ever seen UFC. It's probably the most brutal thing you'll ever watch in your life. Um, 
And he coaches people on their mental skills to be able to, to deal with and win. And he helps Israel Adesanya transform himself from the person into this persona called Stylebender, who, if you ever watched him do it, he, he, it's, it's quite incredible. He, he basically turns himself through a performance mindset into this, this fight-ready um, beast. And so David Wood, so Israel's mindset coach, got on the podcast and said, you know what, I have negative thoughts, negative self-talk constantly. All through my day. He goes, I was starting up my business. This is him as a mental skills coach before he met Israel Adesanya. And, and he says, and I, I, I wouldn't put an Instagram post up because I was too afraid. And, you know, I, I didn't want to put myself out there as a mental skills coach or as, you know, this kind of leadership coach because I was just afraid. He goes, even now, I struggle to use Instagram and I struggle to, to put myself out there and say that I'm coaching these world champions and world-class athletes. And this is from one of the top mindset coaches. So that really kind of made me feel like this stuff is something that everyone experiences and it's not what happens to you, but it's how you deal with it. And that's what he says. It's it's what you do with those thoughts. When they come in, it's what you do with them, right? If you imagine you, your brain or your mind or you, yourself is like a train station with heaps of different platforms, sorry, heaps of different rail lines coming out of the platform and you're standing on the platform and in and out coming these trains. There's trains of thought coming in and out of the station all day, stopping and going and stopping and going. If you liken those thoughts to the trains, you don't have to get on the train of thought. You can let it come into the station and you can let it go out of the station, right? It's like Michael Gervais says, um, when the phone rings, you don't have to answer it. And that's what David Wood's talking about with his, um, with his negative thoughts. If they're coming in, you don't have to entertain them. You can just say, ah, I see you. There you are again. And on, on you go, right? So this is what he deals with on a daily basis. And it's what I really want you to get out of this podcast is negative self-talk's normal. Uh, there's some high percentage, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but let's just make it up like most percentages are. It's something like 80% of your thoughts are negative and 20% are positive, and that's because your brain is scanning the world four times a second, so they tell me in neurology, in, um, in neuroscience, asking the question, am I safe? Am I safe? Four times a second, right? So all the negative self-talk is to scan to make sure you're safe. So putting yourself out there to run a marathon or a half marathon or a 100-mile race or something is not safe to your brain. So you have to work with this self-talk and your confidence to overcome it. Right, let's get into some more how. Let's go to Michael Gervais because his is one of my favorites, right? There's this credible self-talk. The first thing he says on how to deal with it, how to build your confidence, is to make a commitment that you're going to do it. Make a commitment to stop it, right? That's the first step. Then it's the awareness. So we always talk about awareness on this podcast as being so much of change and developing yourself as an athlete and as a person, right? So he talks about it, the awareness of how you speak to yourself. And he says, I know it's laborious, but I want you to write it down 
or, or capture it somehow on audio or somewhere. But write down the phrases that you're saying, what you're saying to yourself, how often and, and like um, um, the, the, like the tonality and what context they're in. Um, I learned from Dr. John D. Martini this. He used to carry a notebook around in his pocket. And he, this is the old school way of doing it. He'd carry a notebook around. And when he had self-talk or if he had, he had like a, a p- p- notebook and pen, he'd write down the things he was saying to himself in his mind. He'd also have a check-in. I think he used to do it every hour where he'd check in and write down how he's feeling. But if you go back to the self-talk, he'd write down the phrases that he was saying to himself so that he's aware of them. Sometimes you just being aware of that self-talk is enough to help you change it. Right, so back to Michael Gervais. Make a commitment to stop it. The awareness, write it down. Then write down all the things you'd like to say to yourself. But they have to be statements that you've earned. Now, what does he mean by this? If you're going to write down a self-talk statement that you're going to say to yourself, it has to be based in fact and it has to be something that you've you've earned and, and like you're deserving of it. So if it's like I, I, I'm building confidence, I know that I can do this race, then you need to come up with reasons that you'll it'll get through that critical critical faculty and you'll actually believe it. Now, it could be, I've done this exact race before, so I know I can do it again. I've done a race before, so I know I can do another race. Or if it's not exactly the thing, you can go to, I've done this hard thing, build a business, um, finished high school, finished um, some other course, got married or not, or done this, and that means I can do that. Right, this is kind of like a constructed confidence. But what we need, the, the key thing, it doesn't matter what you write, as long as it is real for you. And when you read the statement, you go, Yep, that's true for me. So the self-talk statement, he wants you to have three reasons that you have the right, listen to the language, to use that statement. And then it's simply, not simply, it's simply stated, but but this is where the, the real reps are. When the constricting self-talk thought comes in, it's, it's bringing it back and saying, ha, I see you. There you are again. I'm not going to let, I'm going to let you go by and I'm not going to water the seed of your, of your self-talk. It's come back to the present moment and use your new statement, right? Sounds really, really simple. That is a nutshell how Michael Gervais teaches some of the best in the world to do it. Let's move to Tim Ferriss. Right, so Tim Ferriss, um, I, there's a few different ways he builds it. I want to break it down into a couple of tangible ones. Um, so he talks about uninformed versus informed confidence, which is kind of what we just talked about with Michael Gervais. Informed is, I, I can do this or I, I am a good person because I've done this, this and this. I gave, I helped this person, which means I'm a good person. I gave this donation to a charity, which means I'm a good person. Or um, I gave my time, you know, or I'm, I'm coaching this person or this team or something, so I know I'm a good person, right? So uninformed is kind of like creating confidence, uh, like we talked about before, but um, but in a different context, right? So this is how Tim kind of separates them again. Now, Uninformed is not as powerful as informed because you're struggling to get through that part of your brain that's actually going to believe it. But one of the things that 
Tim Ferriss taught me long ago was the thing called the jar of awesome. You may have heard me talk about this before. He had a big mason jar on the bench. His, his previous girlfriend had him do this because he was so hard on himself. He was so unconfident. He was so negative and down himself. She had a pen and a post-it note next to the jar and she made him write down all the little things that he did well or did right or that was good or that was helpful or that was building his confidence and then scrunched it up and put it in the jar of awesome. And the end of the week... They'd sit down on the couch and she'd pull them out and she'd make him read them, right? Now, Tim said this taught him how to celebrate small successes. And he said, because if you don't celebrate the small successes, you are not going to be good at celebrating the big things. And this is what that jar of awesome taught um, taught Tim. In the success principles, um, Jack Canfield talks about a victory log and a victory log is something similar it's just like a diary where you write down all the little victories that you do that you probably don't acknowledge or you don't accept don't celebrate or something and they just slip by so this is kind of like the journal of your success you can keep this on an evernote in your phone on also or just a document on your phone or somewhere where you keep it evernote is that showing my lack of technology <laughs> my age but the most important thing is you capture these things because if they're just slipping by, that then it's that they're opportunities to build your confidence that you're not recognizing or you're thinking aren't good enough. Uh, but these are the keys to building it up. All right, let's move on to uh, yeah to journaling. Um, having a journal sometimes can seem like a, another arduous task. But if you keep it somewhere simple, the first thing you do it in the morning or last thing you do at night, we just write down one thing. Now, it can be gratitude or it can be um, a, confident, a confidence thing, which is one thing I did well today, one thing that was meaningful to me today, um, one person I helped, one great choice I made. And the whole concept here is you're building a resume of your success and of your, of your confidence. Next thing visualizing a highlight reel. If you've ever seen like a filmmaker or an actor, they have like a highlight reel that they send in as an audition. It's a collection of all their best stuff in a really short clip so that um, people who are looking to hire them can have a quick look at their um, kind of CV on a, on a reel. You can do that for yourself. So that's, that's a great confidence building tool where you quite simply, you can do it for me now, you can... Oh, you mean, I was just going to say the whole thing's about it, not if you're driving or riding a bike or anything. But if you if you can close your eyes and go back to a time where you were running or racing or whatever you're, um, wherever you want to build your confidence, where you were just in that flow and in that moment and in the zone, and you go back to that time, and you build the image, and you make it really colourful and vivid, like a big panorama on the screen, and you slow everything down. And you notice what you were feeling and you notice what you were seeing and you notice what you were saying to yourself. And you hear all the sounds around you and you build that. And then you go to the next one, the next race or the next training session or the next time you were compassionate to someone or you were a great leader or you, know, you helped someone. And you build that image and you do that and then you build another one and another one. You build this once, if you take the time to build this once, say you take 10 minutes to just build it, you can replay it every single day in your mind, over and over and over. And when those thoughts come in, which is, oh, you know, you're, you're no good, who do you think you are to step up to the 100k distance this year? Then you can go, boom, 
I hear you, I'm not going to get on that train, I'm not going to entertain that thought, and then you're going to run your highlight reel of when you're at your best. And that's another way of building it. Right, next thing, build your confidence in things that you can control. Let's imagine you are doing your first ultra or, or an ultra marathon, and you experience the imposter syndrome, the lack of confidence that comes as you're training and preparing for it. Build your confidence in what you can control. So what does that mean? You can control your nutrition strategy. You can control your pacing strategy. You can control how much of the course you know by either driving it or doing it on Google Earth or um, knowing the course uh, overview and everything like that. So you can. You, these are things you can control. You're packing. Have you packed adequately? Do you know what's in your drop bags? Um, do you know your pacing strategy? Uh, do you, can you go back and read through your training plan and how planned and prepared you are, right? These are all the things that you can control and that's where you can focus on when the brain starts to show you, oh, look out, this is coming up and you're not ready. Then you flow back to, hang on, I've done the training. I know the gear that I'm wearing. I know how to change a tire if I get a flat in the, in the um, triathlon. I know where the checkpoints are. I know how to run. I know how to keep my nutrition up and build it in those things you can control. I hope that one helps you. Simple again, I know. Last thing I'm going to talk about, confidence versus competence. There is this thing that we get mixed up in our life, uh, which comes back a little bit to what Tim Ferriss was saying, but confidence versus competence. Most people think to have confidence, I need to be competent. Right now, if you get stuck in this loop, I totally get it. Right, so this is where we can untangle these things. Right, there's a time in your life where you did everything for the first time. You know, the first time you learned to walk, uh, started drawing, uh, learned to speak, learned to ride a bike, learned to drive a car. All the usual things that you hear everybody say that I've just repeated. But before you did it, you didn't know how to do it. So there was always a first time for everything. But as we, I think as we go on in life, we get a little bit, <laughs> I might be projecting my thoughts here, a little bit less adventurous and everything stepping out of our comfort zone. We sometimes get caught up in this, I need to be competent before I'll feel confident. And I want you to separate those two things and make sure that you know you can be confident in yourself without being competent in the task. I can be confident that I'll find a way or I'll work this out because I can do hard things and I can trust in my ability. Yes, I have never done this distance before, this race before, whatever before, but I work it out because, you know, I can do it. I can do hard things and I believe in my ability to, to work through it. All right, so I just want to finish with that confidence versus competence. There are a heap of things I haven't discussed. There's a heap of things I left out of this podcast. Overall, I wanted it to be simple and practical and something that you realize um, you can do now and you don't have to wait to do your next ultra to build your confidence because you can build it on what's already in your life that you're possibly deleting or forgetting and not valuing and not celebrating because leaving you with Claudine Chishpatisha's words, confidence has to be built, earned, and practiced. And if you can do those three things, then you can have it whenever you want, and you can skip having to do all the things that you thought you had to do before I was confident. 
That's that when I, then I statement. When I do this, then I'll be confident. When I finish this, then I'll be confident. You've got to watch out for those statements because those when I, then I will really hold you back and keep you small. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of it as always. It's always my intention to make it practical and make it simple so that you actually do it. And this doesn't just get thrown onto the, oh, what am I going to listen to next? Or what am I going to read next? Or what's happening next? It's actually something that you think, I could do that. And that's actually something that you can build um, into a practice, whether you're training or whether you're just um, working on your own mindset. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something practical and useful out of this podcast or something inspiring to help you get out for your next run. If you have a question about Mindset for Runners or athletes in general, please email me at robmason.run at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. If there's anybody you know who could benefit from the information I share in this podcast, please share it with them. See you next time.